everyone remain calm. Yeah, ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. And later there's running and screaming. Somebody talk to me, what is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. You're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. You want to consult here or in my bungalow? <laughs> Hold on to your butt. Well, we're back. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 168th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. I'm a little out of breath. I, I'm under the weather again. Here we are with a little bit of a, a stuffy nose. So um, excuse me if I don't sound on par. But uh, I do have another fun episode for you. In this episode, we're actually going to dive into the latest news surrounding Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom on DVD, Jurassic Park in theaters, and an upcoming Funko Pop. After that, we're going to kick off a brand new segment here on the podcast, along with a brand new contributor to the podcast. We'll be joining contributor Tal, also known as the Traveling Clat, as he presents the first ever episode of the Jurassic World official game show, Guess That Dino. It's a fun look for all ages at dinosaurs in and around the Jurassic series. Now, he's going to guide you through a series of fun facts and get you closer to guess which dinosaur that he is referring to. I know that he's put a ton of thought and effort into this segment, so please enjoy all the fun and make sure to stay tuned for his instructions on answering the question from this episode. Lastly, we'll wrap up this episode with my ramblings about Velociraptor Blue in a listener segment where uh, we also hear your thoughts on Blue as a dinosaur and a potential character in the Jurassic series. Does she stand up to the likes of Claire, Owen, Ellie, Grant, and Malcolm? Stay tuned to find out. So before we get this thing going, we do have some business to take care of over on YouTube. Now, uh, last week, I did the quest for the Indominus Rex pack. Uh, I unboxed it. I took a look at it. I reviewed it. We also did a Jurassic Rewind from, oh man, from episode 19. I uh, I was a little nervous to put that up. That was a, a, a real throwback to the, uh, the original days. Um, it was a, a Jurassic Rewind featuring John Scott and Nate Vanderkamp from uh, Raw Thrills, the company behind Jurassic Park, the arcade game, which I'm sure you're if you're listening to this, you've most likely played that game. It's the giant uh, arcade system that you sit in with the uh, two blasters in there as you like... Uh, you know, you ice ray some dinosaurs, you shoot some lasers, all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, so that was a fun interview from years ago. Uh, but I thought, you know, for people who have not heard it, maybe this is the chance for them to catch it. Uh, I also took a look at Yaroslav's art that he was so gracious to send us. I, uh, I promoted all about his stuff in last week's episode. Also, definitely go check out that video because his art is phenomenal. So this week, uh, we actually have an in-store visit. Uh, I went to Target. And I took a look at all the latest stuff that's in the stores. We also are going to be taking another uh, in-depth look at the Indominus Rex bones from the uh, the Indominus uh, the quest for the Indominus Rex pack that I looked at last week. 
I, uh, I did dive into that quite a bit, but I have a few more things that I want to say over time uh, after having it for the past week or so. So we'll dive into that aspect again next uh, this coming – or no, I'm sorry, not next week, this week. Uh, we're also going to be looking at the DVD copy of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom from Target. Uh, it should be pretty cool, so I'm, I'm super excited to dive into that one. And I know – I know I've said it probably every week in the past few weeks that I'm going to be looking at the junior novelization. I haven't done it yet. And maybe, just maybe it'll happen this week. Probably not. Who am I kidding? I'll get to it eventually. Maybe it'll pop up this week. Maybe not. And uh, we're also probably going to take a look at some fun stuff that we got in the mail uh, this past week. So uh, stay tuned for all that stuff over on YouTube. And uh, also, I did want to make a shout out to uh, make sure to go head over to our show notes to find an awesome video all about the making of the DPG from the guys over at the uh, Chaos Theorem. It's uh, it's a real wonderful video uh, with all the guys there, uh, and it showcases how the website came together, how it all expanded with stuff like Extinction Now, and uh, how stuff like that awesome uh, San Diego T-Rex video, like kind of that handheld camcorder style video came to life. It's so great. Make sure to head to our show notes to check it out. But enough of everything else. Why don't we jump into this episode and get things started off with a bit of Jurassic news from around the world. Eighteen minutes and your company catches up on ten years of research. Access main program. Access main security. These pictures were taken in hospital in Costa Rica 48 hours ago. I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but look. Boy, my head being right all the time. It's day. I guarantee it. Okay, so as of this uh, release, it is Monday, September 17th, which means only one thing. That Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom hits the DVD shelves... Tuesday, September 18th, tomorrow, uh, as of this recording. But uh, this is a special time. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is finally released on DVD, and it does have a few exclusives. I have mentioned them before, but if you're still thinking about what to do, what you should order, if you did order the uh, the digital, maybe you have your copy already, um, because some places, I think Walmart and uh, Blue, uh, Best Buy actually sent you the code uh, if you pre-ordered, but if you do want to head out to Walmart, you can actually get the uh, exclusive gift set that does include Funko Pop uh, pocket keychains of Owen and Blue. Over at Target, you get the exclusive 28-page gallery book plus 30 minutes of exclusive bonus content uh, with that 4K Ultra HD or the Blu-ray. And Best Buy, you can actually get the exclusive collectible steelbook packaging. Uh, it looks pretty, uh, pretty. Let's just say that it looks pretty. Um, but that's about it. I think that's all the exclusives there. Uh, you can get the DVD all over the place, but uh, those are the three main exclusives. Um, I was hoping for some more, but uh, that seems to be about it. I know there was no um, posters or anything like that, like uh, Barnes and Noble had last time around. But I myself, like I had mentioned uh, in the opening, am going for the Target exclusive. So I need that uh, 28-page gallery book plus those 30 extra minutes of bonus content there. Who knows what it's going to be so far? I don't know. But uh, I can't wait to find out. If you want more information on all those exclusive copies, head to the link in our show notes. (laughs) 
So uh, maybe some of you have actually already seen it, uh, but uh, you know, on September 16th, actually, uh, what is that? That was Sunday. Uh, Jurassic Park was in theaters celebrating that 25th anniversary, and it's not done yet because if I calculated right, the day after this releases, <laughs> like I said before, September 18th, that is Tuesday, and also September 19th, which is Wednesday. Uh, those do come in order, correct? Uh, Fathom Events has been throwing Jurassic Park in theaters for the 25th anniversary, along with a 17-minute uh, bonus feature of a uh, collection of fan-made content retelling the story of Jurassic Park. So, you know, make sure to go support Jurassic Park. Uh, Universal is throwing this in theaters again, so make sure to go check it out. Um, I did see, I think Victoria posted a picture of her theaters basically mocking the fact that it was all sold out, but there was like four people in the theater. So hopefully it's a little bit more packed than that. Uh, go support the movie. Have fun. If you've not seen Jurassic Park in in uh, on the big screen in theaters, make sure to go check it out. If you want more information about where you can find those Fathom events, head to the link in our show notes. So I know it's been a long, long time coming. The Funko Pops have been released for uh, a good while now, whether it was the uh, Jurassic Park Funko Pops or the Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom Pops. And we got a tease, you know, a long time ago of the Jeep with Ellie in it. And nothing ever happened. We wondered ourselves if it was a park exclusive. It seemed to fall in lines with a lot of the stuff that the theme parks have released in recent years. But uh, that does not seem to be the case here. Uh, They have finally announced that the Jeep is coming in November. Now, the odd thing here is uh, there was no learning from the experience of the missing Ellie. The box art, at least according to this image on their website, still says park vehicle. And uh, that's why I said Jeep before, because it that's all they're, you know, saying it is, is the park vehicle. It does have Ellie in it, and this is an Ellie Funko Pop, so it should broadcast that to the world. But uh, here is a little uh, press release from their website. Jurassic Park's security systems are down, thanks to Nedry. Dinosaurs roam loose across Isla Nublar, and paleobotanist Ellie Sattler needs your help to survive. Hop into the Jurassic Park vehicle and help Ellie make her escape against all odds. Don't let a hungry Tyrannosaurus Rex or clever pair of Velociraptors stop this Ellie Pop from making her escape. And yeah, it does say coming in November. So hopefully they fix that box art there um, and get that fixed up with Ellie on there. It does have some words underneath. I can't see it from this image here, but... um, Interesting, and I saw some people. You know, everybody is kind of jumping uh, to kind of like um, bombard Funko with information, saying you should be advertising that this is an Ellie Funko Pop. And it does say it does mention Ellie in this little blurb here on their website, but it did not mention it in the headline tweet uh, announcing this item or re-announcing the item. Um, and uh, it's interesting because some people were even pointing out that. Uh, they're making it sound like Ellie just, you know, booked it and escaped off the island in, instead of the heroic uh, person that she was on the island, sacrificing herself for other people by going to the bunker and running across the island to to restore the power. So, yeah, they're kind of calling out Funko on every uh, aspect that they can, and it, it's rightfully so because Ellie is a magic character that deserves the uh, the, the treatment that uh, you know other characters would deserve. 
So if you want to, you can actually pre-order this item from Entertainment Earth. Now, I don't know where Funko is selling this that says, uh, you know, it's coming in November. Entertainment Earth actually has the pre-order up, like I said, coming in December. So you can actually pre-order it now for $26.99. Make sure you uh, add it to your collection. This is a fantastic looking Funko Pop. It has the Jurassic Park Jeep. Uh, JP18 with the logo on the side perfectly painted uh, there's no top to this Jeep it kind of is it looks like the one that they um, escaped from the T-Rex uh, in later on in a movie with Muldoon and uh, uh, Malcolm in the back um, so it looks fantastic and Ellie is right there in the driver's seat actually the only seat in this vehicle um, it's a fantastic piece if you want more information head to the links in our show notes oh there it is there it is. Do you remember the first time you saw a dinosaur? Jimmy, what is it? It's a velociraptor. You read about them in books, you see the bones in museums, but you don't really believe it. You made a new dinosaur, but you don't even know what it is. The base genome is a T-Rex, the rest is classified. This is one of the largest armored dinosaurs. Oh. Claire, it's the T-Rex. It's the T-Rex. No, it's not the T-Rex. Known by paleontologists as a living tank. Designed by Mr. Henry Wu. Verizon Wireless presents the Indoraptor. See? Not a T-Rex! Oh, ladies and gentlemen, can you hear that music? Welcome down to the first official episode of the Jurassic World official game show, Guess That Dinosaur. This is a brand new segment on the Jurassic Park podcast. My name is Tall, ladies and gentlemen, also known on the internet as the Traveling Clat. I make all sorts of travel and food videos on YouTube, as well as making cool dinosaur informational videos on my channel, The Dinosaur Channel, on YouTube. Brad has so graciously allowed me to create my own segment on the Jurassic Park podcast called the Jurassic World Official Guess That Dino Game Show. And I'm super excited to host my own segment on the Jurassic Park podcast to be able to provide you guys with some cool informational and fun content about dinosaurs. So thank you so much, Brad. And let's begin by diving into the rules of how this game is played. Essentially, this is a guessing game. I'm going to give you guys all kinds of facts and information about the certain species of dinosaur that we're covering. You guys are going to hear all kinds of information like facts about the dinosaur, their information and involvement in the movies, what they might have actually looked like and sounded like, their involvement in the actual movie franchise, maybe toys and video games that they've been involved with, their sounds from the movies which will hopefully be available for every species, and finally a description of what they look like. What your job is, is to basically take all the information that I'm giving you and wrap it up into one concise answer. And then we're going to have you guys shoot that out to us on Twitter. We're going to want you to tweet at the official Jurassic Park Podcast Twitter at Jurassic Park Pod with the hashtag MyDinoGuess. That's hashtag M-Y-D-I-N-O-G-U-E-S-S. Shoot us your best answer there on Twitter. And next time we do the Jurassic World official Guess That Dino game show on the Jurassic Park Podcast, we'll announce the answer. I am super excited to take a whack at this. This is going to be super fun, so let's dive right into our first dinosaur. So, some information for you guys about what this dinosaur was like in real life. This dinosaur existed roughly 75 million years ago during the Cretaceous period of the Mesozoic era. It roamed the ancient lands of Central Asia, most notably Mongolia. This dinosaur was a carnivore, for those of you guys wondering, hunting on smaller herbivore dinosaurs that existed around the same area. Now something important to mention, as a tie-in with the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchise, this dinosaur is not depicted in the most scientifically accurate way. 
but it has been heavily involved in every single Jurassic Park and Jurassic World movie. It is by far one of the most loved dinosaurs that exist. So as for size and weight, this dinosaur was about the size of a turkey or what it's most commonly compared to. We don't know that it specifically had feathers, but we know that dinosaurs like it had feathers. One striking feature of this animal was a sickle-like claw on the bottom of its leg. Can you guess exactly what it is yet? No? It's okay, let's continue. To get even more sciencey with it, we know that this dinosaur was a theropod dinosaur. And theropod dinosaurs, just to make it easier for you guys to understand, are usually dinosaurs that walked on two feet upright. There are other things like pelvic bones that get more scientific with it that I explain to you, but just as a brief overall understanding, it's usually the dinosaurs that stand upright. We know a lot about what this dinosaur looked like and behaved like because there are so many fossils of it found. It was definitely a successful species. And it is also part of the dromaeosaur family. So there are many different species of this animal. Are you getting closer to guessing? And kind of to summarize the description of it, this dinosaur was definitely 100% a carnivore. So, its involvement in the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World movie franchise series. One, it is depicted to be a lot larger than it actually was in real life. Its name in the movie is actually attributed to a different dinosaur altogether. It has changed colors in literally every single Jurassic Park and Jurassic World movie. I mean, literally every movie that it's been involved with, it's been different colors, and we have such an amazing array of different skins and patterns and color patterns that this dinosaur has had through the Jurassic World and Jurassic Park movies. So that might be a bigger indication to you of what we're talking about. In the movie, this dinosaur has some of the most complex and in-depth vocalizations created for any of the dinosaurs from the franchise. Some of these vocalizations sounded like this. From hatching out of eggs to chasing people through the jungle, these dinosaurs have been some of the most intimidating creatures in the Jurassic World and Jurassic Park franchise series movies. You love them in the books, you love them in the movies, and you probably love them in the toy line. And speaking of the toy line, let's speak a little bit about what kind of plastic depictions of this dinosaur you can bring home for yourself. Once again, like being featured in every movie in this franchise, it's also been involved in every toy line of this franchise. From Jurassic Park to Jurassic Park The Lost World, from Jurassic Park 3 to Jurassic World, and even Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Some notable toys and collectibles that have been featured with this dinosaur, some that even have a close place in my heart, are the breakaway eggs. These are some Jurassic Park toys that have featured baby dinosaurs hatching out of eggs. Essentially, the toy comes with a baby plastic dinosaur, and in the Jurassic Park 3 series, they actually had little buttons on the bottom that would make noises. But these little plastic dinosaurs would come in a breakaway plastic egg that had two halves, and you could take the half apart and have a little baby dinosaur. The paint jobs on these were amazing, and they are some of Jurassic Park fans' favorite toys. As well, in the first Jurassic Park movie, they were involved in the Dino Strike Slashing Jaws toy line. These guys came beautifully packed, they were created by Hasbro, and they even came with a cool little trading card. As well, in Jurassic Park 3, they came alongside their React Attack toy line. They came in a bunch of different type of paint jobs, so there's a bunch to choose from. But these were some of the most memorable toys for Jurassic Park fans growing up, especially if you were a fan of this dinosaur. Finally, for Jurassic World and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, the toys have been absolutely off the chart. Now keep in mind, to help you narrow your search for what this dinosaur might be, the Jurassic World and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom lines of these toys were very limited in paint jobs, because this species of dinosaur in the franchise has now become even more narrowed in paint jobs and colors. But some notable mentions for the Jurassic World and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom series are the Jurassic Park Funko Pops who just came out right around the release of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. This dinosaur was featured heavily in those, both in its Jurassic Park and Jurassic World counterparts, and especially a really cool baby version of it in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. 
probably one of my personal favorite Funko Pops ever created, and I'm not even a big fan of Funkos. Plush dolls of this dinosaur have been prominent, mini figures and large action figures, and the coolest, absolutely most amazing toy that hasn't even been released to stores yet, a smart robot of this dinosaur. One that can listen to commands and have a mind of its own. So that wraps up merchandise. And I should mention all the Fallen Kingdom toys of this dinosaur have been made by Mattel and they have been killing it. So we're done covering merchandise. We've now covered what this dinosaur looked like, its involvement in the movie, what it sounded like, what it ate, how it behaved, and even its merchandise involvement in the series. Do you have your guesses? If you do, please tweet them at Jurassic Park Pod on Twitter with the hashtag MyDinoGuess. That's M-Y-D-I-N-O-G-U-E-S-S. Hashtag MyDinoGuess. And the next time that we do this segment, we'll announce some of the people who were correct right here on the podcast live for you. So if you want to get involved, tweet at us right now with your best guesses. And that, you amazing Jurassic Park fans, has been my time. My name is Tall. You can find me over on YouTube at the Dinosaur Channel, where I provide you all kinds of facts and information from your favorite dinosaurs from the Jurassic World and Jurassic Park franchise. I'm currently covering all the dinosaurs from Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, so don't miss out on those. As well, you can find me on Twitter at the Traveling Clap. That's C-L-A-T-T. And that's been me, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for participating in the first official segment of the Jurassic World official game show, Guess That Dino. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. I'm not a computer nerd. I prefer to be called a hacker. Aren't you supposed to be a genius or something? I can't get Jurassic Park back online without Dennis Dendron. Incorporating all the latest technologies. We shouldn't be here. And there's five dinosaurs. How many Sarahs do you think are on this island? All right, everybody, it's Brad, and I'm back with another listener segment. I feel like it's been a little while since we did one of these. Um, Usually we stick to the Jurassic Mailbag recently, but uh, today we've got a fun listener segment for you because I kind of, uh, I was feeling good about um, one of my favorite dinosaurs from this series, Blue the Velociraptor. You know, I, I really love Blue. Um, I think she is so captivating, and certainly from Jurassic World, she was one of my favorite things about that movie, and then moving forward to Fallen Kingdom, and she was certainly one of my favorite things, and I think leading up to the release of Fallen Kingdom, I was looking forward to Blue's journey. I think Blue, um really deserved a lot in that movie and I think she really got it maybe not the full circle that I was expecting but I think her arc was fantastic and I can't wait to see what happens from here on out so it got me thinking about it this past week you know with the DVD coming out I was I was just thinking about blue again and I put out a tweet that said um, blue is the most interesting character in the Jurassic World series Her arc is compelling and eye-opening in Fallen Kingdom. She has some of the most interesting depth in the series. Now, let me uh, explain that a little bit because, um, you know, the Jurassic World series gets uh, trashed from time to time, I'll say, because of the characters in the movies. Now, uh, you know, you have Owen, who is somewhat of a shallow character. You know, he's mostly the tough guy. Um, the funny tough guy character Claire a lot of people for some reason dislike Claire say that she's shallow but I think there's a lot more to her character than people give her credit for but um, you know then there, then you have to move on to some of the 
ancillary characters or, you know, people that really don't matter too much in the grand scheme of things. You know, you had Lowry and Vivian from the first movie. You had Mizrani, who is a big character, but is killed off fairly quickly. And then you have Hoskins um, and, and Dr. Wu, of course. He he is an ongoing character here that does have depth, uh, uh, does have depth, but um, is not really expanded upon too, too much. And uh, in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, you have... Uh, you have um, Zia and Franklin. Um, so, like, like those characters really don't mean much in the grand scheme of things. They're kind of like the Eddie Cars and the Nick Van Owens, the people who maybe show up once, and that's it. So, Blue is actually right there in line with Claire and Owen and Grant and Malcolm and Ellie. So, you know, Blue is a returning character who has an ongoing arc, like all these characters that I just mentioned there. Um, so I think it's very interesting to look at her in that, um, I don't know, in that landscape where, you know, she has an ongoing story that means a lot. And Fallen Kingdom brought that to light even more because we see a bigger arc this time with her as a baby and then her, you know, at the end of this movie. So, you know, where she ends up. And then you have to take into consideration kind of like because certain elements from Fallen Kingdom are kind of prequely in that sense where you learn, you know, about her as a baby and then she progresses. You learn that she is actually um, a much deeper character than we expected, that she is smarter than we thought. Um, so she is the most like intelligent or the i guess aside from humans the most intelligent creature out there so you know we learn that she is super important especially to the growth of the indoraptor um and also kind of parallel to the growth of Maisie as a character so blue is kind of that like uh stepping point for us you know to learn about all these other things out there like the human cloning and stuff like that and to learn how intelligent she is as a dinosaur so i just think that she has a ton of growth and i i think that um uh you know she is sorry this is very stream of consciousness i don't have any notes i'm just kind of off the cuff here but she is very um uh very different from the the creatures of the first few films you know uh, people are upset that there hasn't been a very natural raptor you know one that kind of just is brutal and uh vicious like they were in the first few movies um to me personally i have harped on this but i think the the raptors from the first movie uh and the second movie are very are very brutal very vicious for no good reason i think that they are just monsters in their own right uh they don't really have a lot of depth and i don't know i'm not sure why i guess because it was the first iteration that we saw but i don't know why we need to return to the monster aspect of the velociraptor um, because in the first movie there was no other side it was monster all the way just vicious creature 100% of the time um and then you know Jurassic uh, uh, uh sorry the Lost World did the same thing just vicious creature there was no other aspect aspect we saw them later on in the movie and they were all attack 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 uh Jurassic Park 3 we saw a different side to the raptors we saw a more 
uh, maternal naturing, naturing? That's not a thing. Nat naturing there, there we go that's where i'm going with that uh <laughs> wow naturing aspect to the velociraptor trying to get their young back with the eggs so and the fact that they didn't they didn't kill the humans maybe yes they were scared off i guess by the helicopters but we saw the communication we saw how uh, naturing they were we saw uh how brutal they could be as well and also that they were insanely smart you know they were viciously smart that uh Yes, I guess we got that in the first movie with the, you know, the attack comes from the, uh, uh, not from the front, but from the sides. Uh, so there was a bit of smartness there and, and testing and testing their boundaries in the, uh, the enclosure. But in, in Jurassic Park 3, we, we got them, you know, um, taunting the humans and uh, setting traps, which was very different. So that, that's, uh, that's very interesting there. And, and then, so we take that a step farther, and now we have a dinosaur in Jurassic World that is very, it is brutal, but it can be taught, and it can, it has learning nature to it, so I think that's very interesting that you're not just getting a brutal creature, they can be brutal when they need to be, but they can also learn, and they can also, uh, you know, be tamed, which I think is very, um, very real. Because I make the comparison all the time, but a dog is it is a wild creature at heart. You know, it, it wants to be. Uh, you know, it, it wants it, it doesn't want to be fed. It wants to hunt, right? I mean, it kind of does. It comes from you know the the wolves and all that. It just we've bred it to be something that it isn't. And I think that really describes Velociraptors. They've bred it to be something that it isn't almost in a way and now it is a creature that is tameable and uh it can be brutal when it wants to be and that's a dog you know dogs can be vicious dogs can lash out dogs that you know and love that you've uh you know you've tamed and that they live with you can essentially be vicious if they need to be um but you can tame them you can train them to sit to stay to uh, bark on command, to do anything, to backflip. Whatever you need a dog to do, you can basically tr uh, train it to do it. Go get you a drink out of the fridge. Pick up your mail. Uh, it can do all kinds of things that are unnatural, right? Like, So I think a Velociraptor is not that insane to think that uh, one of the smartest creatures that's ever been in existence could be trained. So where am I going with all this? I know. I'm on a tangent here in a listener segment. This is not all about me and my thoughts. So when I tweeted that out, I expected to get some return. And I did. And of course, I actually took it a step farther by tweeting out a poll on Twitter. Of course, tweeting. Duh, obviously. I said, is Blue a character alongside Claire, Owen, Ellie, Grant, and Malcolm? Or do you feel otherwise? So... Uh, I'm going to dive right into the final results here. Instead of wait, making you wait, uh, we did get a bunch of votes. And with 77%, people think, yes, Blue is a character. 23% said, no, Blue is just a dino. So, you know, I kind of get both sentiments. I get that people want uh, the dinosaurs to just be dinosaurs. They are just animals. We don't need characters based off of dinosaurs. I get that. Um, but at the same time, I, I, I understand because this is my viewpoint that 
I want dinosaurs to be, um, I guess, more individualistic than they uh, have always been. Uh, I kind of like the aspect that the T-Rex is a hero, and a T-Rex is a character in her own right. Now, not just any T-Rex, but Rexy from the first movie. Um, I, I like that they they personify these animals to be uh, more heartfelt. Like, you, you really feel sadness for the apatosaurus that died the the brachiosaurus that was engulfed in flames like you feel for these creatures and i think that when you make them characters in their own right i think that you feel for them even more and in fallen kingdom blue goes through a lot and you know you feel for that because of her being a character i think i don't know maybe if it was just another dinosaur maybe you wouldn't have that connection if they had just picked up a random Velociraptor and had gone through that same thing, you you wouldn't have had that specific connection. You would have felt sad for sure, but you uh, you wouldn't have had that that you know one to one connection with Blue, seeing her as a baby, seeing those steps to training, and to the fact that like you know all the other uh, raptors, which makes a big difference there because the uh, Alpha, Delta, and Char uh, yeah Charlie. No, I'm sorry, Alpha. Echo, <laughs> Delta, and Charlie, um, you see that they were not the same. You know, they weren't just four of a kind. They were three or four different raptors, and the other three, aside from Blue, were not as trainable. Um, they followed Blue's instincts because Blue was the higher intelligent uh, raptor. So I... Um, I love that they differentiated the the four raptors there. I thought that was fantastic, and you see that Blue is so smart there, that um, and especially that moment. Uh, sorry, I'm rambling. Where you know Owen was talking about how when you cower, when you when you become when you show that you're uh, injured or something like that, the raptors will pounce. They will attack, but not Blue, because Blue maybe she would have attacked some other creature that was. Uh, lame out in the wilderness or something like that, like a bum leg, but not her alpha. She sensed the difference and she uh, felt bad. And she cared for Owen in that moment when he pretended to be injured or, or, or downed in some way. So I, I th- I'm just rambling about how great Blue is. Hopefully I'm swaying some of you that didn't feel that way. But I wanted to, I wanted to, this is the, the, the entire point of this segment was to run through some of your votes and sorry if I'm sounding a little stuffy I am I probably mentioned that earlier on but I am uh, a little uh, under the weather so I'm trying to get over it but uh, let's work our way through some of these comments here on Twitter um, starting off here with Brysonator 100 it says lol I hate blue I don't like dinosaurs with personality <laughs> I don't like what they did with Rexy either they act too human and heroic. Takes me out of the story. Fair point. I mean, uh, you know, everybody's uh, entitled to opinions there. So let's move on here to um, the Missing Compies podcast. He actually uh, said a few things here. He said, exactly. The fact that they are really giving a soul to the animals in the World Series, including true hybrids, is so refreshing and well done. I love it. He also says here, with you all the way, man. She finally feels like a real animal and not just a killer. And absolutely, I teared up multiple times because of her. 
the way they showed how and why she is the way she is and why her and Owen are so close was brilliant. And let's see who else we got here. We have at W-S-E-P-U-L-V-E-D 32. I'm sorry. I don't know what your handle is there, but uh, this one says blue is actually my favorite velociraptor. Awesome. That's that's fantastic. Uh, and another one here we have at Sarah Jane Stan L1. Uh, it says, I love blue. Also, we have at JHN Reed. It says, I agree. She's the most complex dinosaur character in the series. Yes, she does remind us of our dogs. But for me, she is a mascot for all animals and their sentience. Yeah, that's a that's a really great point. Looking at her as... Uh, you know, a viewpoint of all animals that uh, there's some sort of perspective there. I kind of like that. Um, at Areco underscore Rita says, Kaylindo Blue. Yep, I'm right there with you. Uh, let's move over here to at Evan Grimma. It says, This was Blue's film. Blue was kind of just there for me until Fallen Kingdom. They invoke so much emotion with her. Like on the dock when they have a gun pointed at her head. She's like this colored and curled up, and I cringe when she hits the rail after the explosion in the lab. Yeah, ouch. That uh that uh that explosion really sends her, you know, rocketing off that rail. Um and I don't think we I don't think we see her from that moment to uh you know when she comes in towards the end to attack the Indoraptor. So it's like, oh my god, what happened there? Is she okay? Is she gonna be fine? Um, and yeah, yeah, she was, uh, but yeah, that is a, a a rocking moment right there. Let's see at Dangerville team says, I mean, it's an animal. It's interesting to see an extinct animal show intelligence, but really it doesn't go any further than instinct going from good to bad in moments, depending on the environment. No doubt she'll be a bit wild in Jurassic world three when they find and calm her again. Yeah, I guess, uh, I guess she will be a bit wild. You would expect that, right? Um, I don't know. Who knows what her, um, you know, sentiment is going to be cause she was a bit wild, but I think, I think she was, you know, in in this movie, when Blue, or when uh, Owen found Blue, and was about to like calm her down for the first time, I wonder: Do you think? Do you think everything would have been fine? Was she okay? Was she too far gone at that moment, or did she need that kind of uh, you know the um, the strike by the uh, the the dart to kind of dissuade her from attacking Owen, like? Was she on on the fence there? Did she know what was going on? Would it have gone right? I don't know, but uh, or you know, I think personally, she would have been fine. Like she was, she was calmed. She recognized Owen, but who knows? Maybe it would have been a Hoskins situation. I don't know, but um, I think you know, I just don't want to go through this same thing again. Like we need to go find Blue. We need to go track her down. Do all that stuff. It'll be too much uh, of a repetitive moment from Fallen Kingdom. So. Hopefully there's a different, um, you know, a twist on that kind of situation. So next up, our friend Arjun here says, She's definitely a character. If she should be is another question. Personally, I like how they treated Blue. I just hope the other wild raptors are still out there somewhere. I miss the viciousness of those described in Crichton's second book, how dangerous they are. Uh, you know, I, um, I don't know. I, I, I definitely would love to see those vicious raptors again because those were the first ones we were introduced to. I, I, I've i said this, you know, and I probably said it in this 
thread here, but I uh, I like the JP3 ones. I like how natural they were, um, but I, I would love to see that vicious side again. Maybe we will get that in some sense because other companies certainly have the DNA out there. You know, maybe maybe they don't have Velociraptor DNA, but maybe maybe it's something else. Maybe uh, I don't know, but maybe we will get that more vicious side to the dinosaurs instead of just. Um, you know, the trainable or the hybrids or whatever. Maybe we'll, they'll just be straight vicious. Um, but I don't know. As far as other raptors being out there, that, that would be interesting. Um, uh, there, there certainly isn't any from anywhere right now. So it would, they would have to be creatures that are created. So I don't know who has any kind of DNA like that. But um, let's see. What else do we have here? Fede says, It is not a random raptor who's going to hunt the humans. She has a distinct personality, and even non-fans would distinguish her from any other raptor. She has character. So yes, she is a character. I think that's uh, that's that's well said. I mean, you can't deny that she is a character, right? I, I think Arjun actually put it, well, uh, put it there as well by saying, should she be a character? I think a lot of people, like we had mentioned, say that we shouldn't have characters dinosaurs as characters perfect perfectly fine opinion um and and it's valid you know because because they are animals and people don't necessarily want to focus on that aspect sometimes it's good to focus on just the uh human characters and what they're going through in in the ongoing story there we've kind of strayed from well, I'll say we strayed from it, but we didn't really have an ongoing story. We had def- different stories with some similar characters, um, but no, nothing that was ever ongoing. So I think it's good to have ongoing stories here with similar dinosaurs, which we we never had before. Um, sorry, I have to think about these things as I'm saying them. I don't want people to call me out. You know, sometimes I'm wrong. I try not to be, but uh, it happens. But um, I, uh, I think uh, you know, with Arjun and Fede here, it's uh, it's a good combination of thoughts there. Um, Chris Pugh says, "Option C, none of the above. It's complicated." Uh, so that is in reference to the poll where it was either yes, blue is a character, or no, blue is just a dinosaur. You know, I did think you know every time I put up one of these polls. There's always a different option that I didn't think about. So, uh, I don't know. It's hard. So, when I come up with them, that's it. You know, I'm sorry. I missed some options out there. But I could have maybe thrown out one, an option that, like, like kind of like Arjun said, that, like, yes, she is a character, but I didn't want it. Or it it doesn't need to be. Um, or something like that to kind of, uh, you know put it in a different perspective, I guess, to kind of uh, calculate everybody's thought process. But um, I guess, you know, if you, uh, view when you view it from Arjun or uh, Chris or Fede, it's kind of like, well, you know, she is a character, but maybe she shouldn't have been. I think that's valid, but uh, not my view. Uh, let's see. At Jack L underscore and underscore hide two says i feel as if they have integrated blue as a character and not just a dino perfectly well said uh kurt tomlinson says yeah as much as groot is at this point so i thought that was pretty funny i uh i i didn't know i responded with like i don't know if that's a slight or not 
I mean, for me, I I love Groot. You know, I think Groot is a fantastic character in the Marvel movies. Um, And, you know, Groot is just a CG-created character. Um, Same thing as Rocket. You know, uh, Rocket, at least you can... You can say that's a character 100% because of the talking, the uh, you know the individu- individual uh, nature of that character. Groot is a, I guess you could say a talking character, um, but but less so. So I don't know. I don't really understand the pr- uh, comparison there because I guess it's kind of human in nature because it you know it has two arm two arms two legs i get you know i get that's the same description for blue but um you know i think you know what i mean because it kind of looks more human than blue um so i i don't know groot is definitely character and i think blue is definitely character here uh let's see at bombilazo uh, I hope I said that right, says... Blue has more character development than some human heroes in the series. Uh, yeah, I, I I definitely agree with that. And I, I think, like I had said in my original tweet, that Blue is the most, um, you know, well-developed character in the Jurassic World franchise. Um, if you differentiate that between Jurassic Park in the Jurassic World series, I think Blue has the most character development out there. So I don't think that's, uh, you know... Uh, 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 invalid point. I think that's pretty on par. Uh, let's see here. Jurassic Unicast says, I love Blue's story. It's the best one in the new installments. At Emily Belcher here says, I have to say yes, because Rexy sure is. And uh, yeah, I, I kind of, I, I agree with you right there because Rexy is an ongoing character for me because we've established that she is a heroic character, whether you know people like it or not. I think, um, you know, there are sometimes it goes a step too far with the heroic nature, but there is definitely character to Rexy. So I think, you know, I would be super upset if they killed her off. And the same goes for Blue. I think that those two characters, well, are characters. (laughs) Um, At Fossil underscore Box here says she's definitely a character. I don't like it. But I think she is a character. See, right there in line with some of the other answers so far. Um, so I think uh, you know it's it's perfectly valid that uh, you know it's 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 valid to not like that she is a character and to like the way it used to be. I think that is perfectly fair. At Green Oscar here says Blue has the most character than anyone in the Jurassic World movies. There you go, right on par. At Genozoic Artist says, She's been given distinctive traits that set her apart from all other raptors in both personality and physical traits. Heck, she's arguably become a protagonist. Yes, I, I 100% agree. I think overall, uh, more than anything else, this was Blue's story in Fallen Kingdom. Um, it, it focused on her a lot in Jurassic World, but in, in Fallen Kingdom, this was Blue's story. From start to finish, I think, you know, most of this movie centered around her and getting her off the island, finding her, uh, you know, the the twist there when they did find her and then her blood, uh, transferring that and, and, you know, infecting it essentially. It's So everything about her was this movie. Like this movie would be something completely different without her. So I uh, completely agree that she was a protagonist of Fallen Kingdom. At Casey Cockroach says, Why not both? You know, why not? She can be a dinosaur. 
and she can just be a character, a character that is a dinosaur. I uh, I have to agree with that. I think she is a dinosaur that's a character. That's perfectly summed up right there. Um, and especially in Fallen Kingdom, we see a dinosaur that has uh, – and, and especially if you look at those like um, uh, those VR sequences with Blue. It was kind of like Blue's journey um, on the island just before the events of Fallen Kingdom, showing how – you know, she was in her natural environment as a velociraptor struggling out there as a dinosaur in this uh, landscape after three years of not being fed rats and, and stuff like that and not being contained. So you see her change and, and adapt to that situation. And so you see her as a dinosaur. And you also do get, the, uh, you know, her perspective especially in those VR sequences. And like I had just said in the last uh, message there that this is her story. Um, from start to finish and then throw Jurassic World's events in that mix as well because you now know her entire story so far and I can't wait to see how much of Jurassic World 3 is Blue's story because she is a character and a lot of people don't seem to like it Um, 23% think that she is just a dinosaur 77 believe she is a character I'd love to know and that's why maybe I should have added another uh, option there in the poll. I would love to know how many people that did say that sh- whether she should be a character um, or that you know they don't like it that she is a character. I wonder if they actually just voted for seventy seven percent or voted along with those seventy seven percent saying that yes she is a character, um, or if they just like you know decided well I think she is a character but I don't like it and I'm gonna just say no. She isn't. She's just a dinosaur. So I, I'd be interested to find out, you know, what people voted uh, in that sense, just to kind of see where people's minds were at. But that really sums up our listener segment here. So, um, you know, I, I kind of on a whim just threw out those tweets to kind of see what people felt and uh, kind of get a, a general reaction. I did. I'm sorry. I did not open it up to Instagram or Facebook or anything like that, or, or have people reach out via email. Um, but you know, it was kind of spur of the moment. And this segment even was spur of the moment, no notes or anything like that. So hopefully it was, uh, not too much rambling, but, uh, I think, um, I think you'll finally get a better sense as to what people are feeling out there in the Jurassic park community on Twitter you know, what people are, are thinking about Blue because she's an important part of this series, whether you like her or not. Um, and I'm, I'm like I said, I'm really interested to see how much of Jurassic World 3 focuses on Blue as a character. Will she be sidelined? Will will they, you know, will they address it at all? Because I, I almost could see a potential route where they don't focus on Blue at all. Like maybe that was the last moment you saw of her. That would be... Uh, not a, a correct move in my eyes, and I don't think from a marketing perspective that you know they'll do that. And that's something I didn't even talk about in this segment. Here is, you know, today uh, a lot of things are dependent on marketing, and a lot of things in movies like that. So when you want to uh, sell toys and sell, you know, merchandise, you make things more prominent in the movies, and it's just. It's just a, a, a way of thought now in the movie industry is is you kind of boost those aspects to sell, uh, you know, uh, any kind of product, whether it's a toy or something, anything with Blue's image on it. You know, they're going to bolster it 
They're going to bolster Blue as a character to sell merchandise. Now, is that right? Um, maybe not. But that's just kind of the way it is in the industry now that uh, it all is about making money elsewhere. So maybe Blue is a character because of merchandise, because of t-shirts, uh, lunch boxes. You know, they want to sell it. They got to sell it. So I am knocking things all over the place just to repeat a quote from Jurassic Park. So uh, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, and I don't even think I said it right. But you know what it is? This is it. This is uh, off the cuff. And I'm saying things the way I want to say them. So uh, I don't know. But here we are. I'm sitting here. I feel like I'm just sitting here by myself talking to myself. I'm going to leave that unresolved for everybody who wanted me to finish that quote. No, not happening today. But thank you to everybody out on Twitter for responding to my ramblings. And uh, if you want to respond to these ramblings that I'm, I'm having right now, apparently, is this a stroke? I don't know. I, we'll have to listen back and find out. But uh, thank you again. And if you want to reach out to us, make sure to hit us up on Twitter at Jurassic Park Pod, also on Facebook and Instagram at Jurassic Park Podcast, and to our email, Jurassic Park Pod at gmail.com. Yes, that is right. I'm struggling today. And also uh, send us a voicemail because I want to hear your thoughts on Blue. And this is something that I'm sure we will be playing in the next Jurassic Mailbag. So hit us up with those comments on Blue 732. 825-7763 and me and Jen, not just myself, we'll talk about them next time in the Jurassic Mailbag. Thank you so much for listening to this segment and enjoy. Are you hearing this? Make sure to visit JurassicParkPodcast.com to find all of our past episodes, brand new news articles, information on how to contact us, and much more. It's a great source for everything related to the podcast and, of course, Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. Head to JurassicParkPodcast.com and help us build a great community. Anybody hear that? Thanks for listening to the 168th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. Of course, a big thanks goes out to Tal for bringing his new segment to life and for joining the podcast. I'm so grateful that he had reached out to us to create a segment, and he did so, and uh, it's here. It is, it is airing, and I think it's a blast. Don't forget to tweet at us, at Jurassic Park Pod. Let us know what dinosaur Tal was hinting at, and uh, also include that hashtag, MyDinoGuess. Hashtag my dino guest to Jurassic Park Pod on Twitter. Tall will announce some of those answers in the next segment. Also, make sure to head to our show notes to find all of his links to YouTube and his social media handles to find out more about him. He is an amazing content creator, so make sure to support all of his work. Stay tuned for more from Tall in future episodes. If you want to interact with us, we do most of our work over on Twitter at Jurassic Park Pod. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash Jurassic Park Podcast. And our Instagram handle is at Jurassic Park Podcast. You can listen to us via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So make sure to subscribe to automatically get new episodes every week. If you haven't already, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It will seriously help out our rankings and make it easier for Jurassic fans like you to find us. Don't forget to check out JurassicParkPodcast.com to find everything you heard here today. 
If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us with any news stories, MP3s, comments, or if you want to debut a segment of your own, send them to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. If you'd like to record something for the show, send it in to us and we'll feature it in an upcoming episode. If you don't have any way to record, you can give our voicemail line a call and leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Enjoy.